Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. I'm Michelle Martin. Global bonds continue to sell off and Asian stocks retreated after a bruising session for U.S. shares and treasuries yesterday. A poorly received treasury auction saw the 10-year benchmark surge as much as 23 basis points to 1.6%. So why are bond deals gaining steam? And why is the stock market rattled? And against this backdrop, where are the opportunities for investors in today's market? My guest today is Adam Reynolds. He's CEO of Saxo Markets for APEC. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Michelle. Hope you're well. Yes, very well. Thank you very much for joining us. So, Adam, are the rise in bond yields about inflation fears or optimism about the reopening of economies? I certainly think it's around inflation fears. There's a lot to be uh, a lot of information that's flowing through that's saying that we are starting to see uh, some inflationary problems driven by uh, by supply chain issues, uh, and I think that the market is starting to get very concerned about that, um, which is seeing the sell-off in the in the 10-year Treasury, as you mentioned just before, up to 1.6% uh, overnight, which is quite an aggressive sell-off. Indeed, why are we seeing stocks slide as yields strengthen? Well, a lot of the a lot of the uh, displacement that people have done for their fixed income portfolios have got into uh, into stocks um, because the cost of holding the stocks is is very low when interest rates are low. Uh, especially, a lot of them have gone into the tech stocks uh, with uh, with very good um, uh, uh, you know, expected flows in the future, and we're we're seeing that those tech stocks are having the biggest sell off uh, at the moment. In fact, the Nasdaq is now back at the level it started the year, uh, which is about ten percent off the highs. Why are tech stocks so susceptible to bond yield moves, Adam? I think because they've been used as a replacement for bonds. Uh, you know, the dividends that you're seeing from the companies like Apple and Amazon and uh, uh, and all of these high tech stocks who are who, who are producing huge amounts of cash um, are seen as a good alternative to 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 the bonds when the bonds uh, were down, you know, at uh, sub one percent. And so as as bond yields go up. Um, yeah, the values of those future cash flows go down, um, and, that, and that, that puts these things under pressure. Having said that, I do think that this dip is a good opportunity for buying these tech stocks. Um, and, and what kind of equities besides tech are likely to be threatened by rising yields in the U.S.? Uh, I, I, I think that anyone, any stocks that really have uh, you know, a, a large borrowings um, are likely to be uh, threatened. So if you look, say, for instance, the utility stocks are usually a sector that is, is very interest rate sensitive. Um, so I'd see them as, as uh, somewhat problematic as well. And on the flip side, you know, banks and financials are performing quite well because a steepening yield curve is good for the financial sector. How different, Adam, are conditions today compared to 2013? when we did see a tapering I think that I think that the attitude of the central banks is fundamentally different to 2013. Yeah, there's a very uh, cha- big change in the mandate for the Fed. Uh, they are focused on uh, almost exclusively on uh, unemployment and also on the distribution of unemployment to different uh, segments of the community. So, so they're also looking at um, you know, equality of opportunity within unemployment. So I don't think that the Fed actually cares about inflation at all or has any concern. So I do think that they will let the economy run hot. 
Uh, and that's why I see this dip actually as a good opportunity to buy because I think that the Fed will come in with yield curve control to push yields back down uh, at some stage. I just want to go back to your point on how there could be opportunities in tech stocks. I mean, among the tech stocks that are being hit by rising yields and the latest sell-off are Tesla and Peloton and Zoom. So do you think bargain hunters are going to step in or or have stocks like these simply risen too far, too fast? And is this an indication that perhaps a bubble is starting to burst? Uh, personally, I don't think it is an indication that the bubble is starting to burst. I think it's a pretty healthy correction. Um, so those stocks that have been, you know, the, the strongest uh, uh, big growth stories, like uh, like the like the, te- uh, the Teslas and so on, as you mentioned, uh, are, are, are providing some pretty good value on this dip, in my view. And so I'm looking to pick some of them up uh, up myself and using some of the the ETFs out there, like Arc. Uh, Arc Innovation ETF to to get access and uh, to a portfolio of those sorts of uh, names. We've seen Arc Innovation um, be hit by by the sell-off as well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it dropped from a high of around 160 bucks uh, just a week or so ago. I think it touched down to around 127 uh, last night. And I think anywhere you know in this in this area between 110 and 125 is uh, is a good area to buy. And I'm I'm actually buying that myself. Fantastic. Now, in terms of correction, what do you think might prompt the Fed to act? I mean, at what point would higher bond yields crimp growth? Yeah, I think that as the higher bond yields impact the the, uh, the stock market more, if you see uh, stocks coming off further, I think the Fed will, will be uh, looking to act. Or if the 10-year yield you know, continues on through 160 and continues to be a bit disorderly, I think the yield curve control uh, will start to become uh, voiced more by the Fed as something that they might do. Um, and you know, we're probably looking at 1.8% to 2% before they actually start doing it. And before we leave the wider market now, Narrative. Adam, uh, are there any other reasons why the 10-year rates are, are rising so much quicker than expected? No, I, I really do think it is this, uh, this fear of inflation that's pushing that, uh, pushing that up. Obviously, people have been very uh, invested in fixed income for many years and uh, you know, fixed income has rallied uh, for, for a hugely long period of time. But you know, we haven't seen a high inflation period for the last 30 or 40 years. It's been disinflation all the way. And so the market is just reacting to the probability that that is going to change. Adam Reynolds is CEO of Saxo Markets for APEC. All right, Adam, help us understand your top bets for 2021 and the thinking behind them. Okay, so so I'm I'm very focused uh, on uh, geographical diversification and focused on Asia. Uh, so I'm I'm looking at uh, this dip as an opportunity to buy to uh, China A50 ETFs and Hang Seng Tech ETFs to to get the Asia exposure. Um, I like uh, cryptocurrency as well. Uh, so you know I'm, I'm looking at Ethereum and Bitcoin as uh, just a small part of the of the portfolio as a monetary debasement hedge. Uh, as well as commodities. Uh, and within commodity space, I'm looking at uh, the Goldman Sachs uh, um, ETF, Goldman Sachs Commodity ETF, which is G- GSG, and also another one which is Upstream uh, Natural Resources, UV, uh, sorry, GUNR, Global Upstream Natural Resources ETF, to get exposure to those real commodities uh, as inflation becomes an issue. They're, they're my key uh, bets. And then outside of that uh, in the UK, you know, I think that there's going to be a strong dividend from Brexit. We're seeing outperformance by both Sterling and, uh, and UK stocks so far this year. And so I'm, I'm uh, invested there through, uh, through some uh, MSCI uh, UK, uh, FTSE, sorry, FTSE UK uh, ETFs.
Can you help us understand the draw for crypto? We've seen so much volatility lately with Elon Musk tweets, for example. Yeah, but I think crypto is, you know, the currency debasement ends up happening because governments see no bar to them printing more and more money. And that, that uh, has happened in history time and time and time again. And I think that you know, the, the prospect that uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum and cryptocurrencies can be free of government debasement uh, gives them a, a very good story. And, and as we're seeing some institutional um, moves into that space, I think that there's only uh, you know, uh, more to be had in, in the growth of the price of those currencies. And because they have no intrinsic value, um, there's no, no limit to how much they can go up because they are infinitely divisible. All right. Um, some analysts I've spoken to have debated whether it's, it's too early to hedge against a rise in inflation. What do you think? Well, I think if you started hedging against a rise in inflation in uh, Q3 last year, you're looking pretty good now. All, all the commodities have gone up uh, over that time. And, and if you started using crypto, you're obviously looking pretty good. I do not think it's too early at all. Uh, and I think we're going to start seeing big prints on inflation come April and May numbers as a base effect from last year's uh, deflationary event uh, starts to flow through. So what would be good hedges on downside risk to growth? Uh, I, I, I think that the I think that the banks remain uh, good hedges and well underpriced. They still trade below book value mm. because they do well out of a steepening yield curve environment. And I think that the uh, the commodity sector, commodity producers, if you're looking at equities, and direct commodities, if you're happy to buy into the ETFs that invest in direct commodities, uh, are, are, are the best hedges that you could possibly have. So you mentioned China and you mentioned Asia. Are you overweight in these segments? I am overweight in those segments, and I'm overweight Asia because, in general, the monetary debasement that we're seeing in the US and Europe is not happening so much in Asia. Asia has coped much better with the with the virus and has been much more fiscally responsible uh, in how they have uh, uh, dealt with their economies. And coming back to this issue of currency debasement, uh, where do you see the Chinese yen within this context? I think it will continue to uh, strengthen, which it has been over the last uh, few months. Um, but I think that, that that strengthening of the run will, will be measured because I think the central bank won't want to see it uh, run out of control hot. So I think that there will be just a slow, gradual uh, increase in value. Having said that, the dollar has come back a little bit strong because of the sell-off in treasuries. Um, so so you know, there, there is a bit of risk there in the FX markets. If there are long-term liabilities for currencies and, and there are people who see major currencies just as different shades of those liabilities, uh, where should they stay? Should they stay with gold, for example? I think, yeah, I think the commodity currencies are, are, are better to do. So obviously gold, silver uh, and platinum are, I'm looking at as well, but also the, the, the currencies like Canadian dollar and Aussie dollar that are linked to the production of those um, remain fairly uh, good bets to me. Aussies performed very well so far this year up until yesterday, um, but uh, the dollar has returned a bit of strength with the, with the fixed income sell-off. Silver had a good 2020. What is the outlook for silver? Is there further room for growth? I, I do think there's room for growth for silver. Um, I think the, you know, the, its use uh, in new energy, um, things like uh, you know, solar panels and so on and so forth, mm. uh, is, is, is a good use case. So I'd be a buyer of silver anywhere down uh, in the low 26s. And what growth story do you expect for APEC outside of China? I think that the growth story for APAC uh, remains pretty pretty good. Um, yeah, obviously we've got to recover from the virus. 
Um, but the, you know, nowhere in APAC has it been anywhere near as bad as it is in Europe and the US. So I think that the you know, the scars of the virus are, um, uh, are not going to be as hard as they have been elsewhere. And I think that, as I said before, the, the monetary uh, um, response of the governments has not been as currently the basic. So I think that the economies will recover of their own accord stronger than uh, stronger than definitely Europe, um, but probably more in line with the US. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Terrific insights. Have a wonderful weekend. Absolute pleasure, Michelle. Thanks very much. He's Adam Reynolds, CEO of Saxo Markets for APEC, right here on Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.